So in a special episode today, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Person of Interest with me, Natalie Jones. We are in Mental Health Month still, but right now we're going to talk about cicadas. That's right. If you live in the tri-state area, you know cicadas are here. They're going to be here for the next couple weeks. They've been underground for 17 years. And actually, in Cincinnati, we're very lucky because the leading cicada entomologist in the nation lives here in Cincinnati. He's actually a doctor and a professor at the Mount St. Joseph University. And I'm going to talk to him about cicada stuff. And he's actually an author. He's written 10 books on entomology and science in general. A lot of those books are about cicadas. You can find him, let's see, at the Mount St. Joe website, also genekritzky.com. He also has an app that's gone live this year. I already have a download. It's called Cicada Safari, and we talk a lot about it. And, uh, ooh, I do must say, oh, God, cicadas. In this um, episode, I talk about how excited I am that the cicadas are here. Um, but now they are here, and uh, they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying. I hope you're not scared of them. They are loving animals that we need in the world. And um, stay fly. Whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud. And if you like the podcast, like, subscribe, share, all those things. You know, download, do all that internet stuff with it. And love ya. Here is Dr. Gene Kritzky. And they're really cute when they're small. Are they? Oh. <laughs> and uh, uh, so they drop immediately to the ground. And what usually happens in, in cities, for example, they'll drop on the hit of blade and they're on now on grass. Mm-hmm. And they run immediately down the blade of grass. And between where the soil is and the grass, they can get into the dirt between that little crack. Oh, that is so cool. And they'll feed on grassroots for the next several weeks. And then on New Year's Day, which is now you know what to do on New Year's Day, uh, they are 8 to 12 inches below the surface sucking on a tree root. And then they stay there for 17 years? Yep. And th- and they're gr- they're feeding on tree roots. They maybe They're tunneling around, feeding on, on various tree roots, molting. They'll molt four times underground. Uh, and then by the by the wow. time they're 13 years, for a 17-year skater, when they're 13 years old, they're already at the same size they are now as they're coming out of the ground four years later. They don't oh. bolt it, but they still have some physiological development to do internally and things like that. So, uh, But they're not sleeping. They're not dormant. They're not in hibernation. It's uh, about 56 degrees where they are. So, so it's not, they're not moving, they're not like zipping around. like. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but, I'm picturing like an ant farm under the ground, but just with cicadas in it. And that's not how it is? No, it's a single little narrow little tube. Oh, so they're kind of, so they're alone? Usually. Wow. So there might be a cicada a couple, in, couple inches away, but there's no evidence that they're not talking to one another. Oh, gotcha. They're just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. Have you eaten cicadas? We got to talk about it. Yes. Can we eat them? And you can eat them. And can we eat too many to where well, it's going to hurt yeah. us? Well, it's not the mess. Well, I don't eat them anymore. I, I, okay. I ate my cicadas in 1987. Okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, I've eaten a couple myself. And uh, and uh, you know, it, it was, you know, it's not a flavor I thoroughly enjoyed. When you ate them, what did what, you think? Um, I don't really, I remember it not tasting like very much anything. Yeah. That's really the, well, it was not alive, though. It had already, it was dead. It was dead? And it and, just. It didn't really taste like too much. It tasted yeah. like a bug, I guess. I don't know. Well, I've had them blanched. I've had them stir fried. I've had them battered uh, and deep fat fried and things like that. And and what do you and, prefer? Uh, I don't prefer any of them anymore. Uh, so, but uh, because you got you got to remember, cicadas got me tenure. Oh, so you don't want to? Okay, do you so, eat? Okay, I get it. No, I, I eat the relatives. 
crabs, yeah. lobsters, shrimps, things like that. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I'm not into... Uh, Wait, so then, interestingly enough, how do you feel about the whole wave of veganism eating bugs for, I mean, maybe the foreseeable future? And would cicadas be a part of that? How do you feel about that? Well, cicadas will never be a sustainable commodity. They only come out once every 17 yeah, years but in they big still, numbers. But there are, like, chefs who are making, um, you know, obviously, like, special cicada dishes or whatnot, but cicadas aren't insects. And if they are edible, then, like, then just by default, and then they're a part of that wave. How do you feel about they, eating they, bugs in general? Well, I don't mind about eating bugs. I've eaten a lot of them uh, when, when uh, uh, Justin and I were down in Mexico uh, with our friends Mike and Mark. Uh, we went to a little uh, street cafe sort of thing on in Hildago Province, and uh, there was a guy selling uh, ant egg tacos mm-hmm. and grasshopper tacos and agave caterpillar tacos yeah, and uh, mesquite bug tacos. And I had an ant egg taco, and then I tried all the other bugs as well. And uh, uh, I found it quite interesting. It was quite tasty, it was a, yeah. especially the mesquite bugs. These are things that are in the same order as cicadas. Yeah. Uh, they're uh, they're spiced up so, they, the, 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 so much that they, they're very much like a— like a soft, chewable corn nut. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can break your teeth corn on corn nut nuts. Corn nut is a really good you know, way to put yeah. it, yeah. You know, corn nuts can break your teeth on these things, but those things are nice and pleasant. Often the problem is they're so popular and they're collected wild, they're getting quite scarce. So, uh, Wow. But they're uh, being farm-raised in some, um, anyway, in, in some other places in the world, too. Hopefully, yeah. Eating it's a, bugs is the future. And, and then we have to Zafiros, I think is how you pronounce it. It's a wonderful culinary institute in Mexico City where they train chefs and waiters mm-hmm. and, and went there for this wonderful lunch. Uh, and uh, the, 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 the salad came up with this wonder hummus in a little pyramidal shape. And delicately balanced on the top was a deep fried uh, agave caterpillar. Oh my god! Just goodness. sort of just balancing there. That's and those so are cool. Wonderful. Those taste like dry roasted uh, sunflower seeds. Oh, cool! And so uh, good to know. <laughs> okay, can I ask you some just like day to day questions then? Sure. So, are bugs are are cicadas going to hurt our um, dogs if our dogs eat the cicadas? Not if they eat one or two. If they're the type of dog that will. Uh, gorge themselves on so much stuff and they don't know when to stop yes then that that could lead to a bowel obstruction because the exoskeleton the 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 outer portion of the is not digestible so if if it gets compacted in there it's not fun for you or the dog um are cicadas going to injure any plants should we worry about them Uh, taking over they're not going to hurt your garden your flower garden your vegetable garden uh the only damage that cicadas do is to when the female lays her eggs in mm-hmm. the uh, ends of the branches, mm-hmm. and that can uh, sometimes tear up the vascular tissue, and uh, th- that causes the leaves to dry out, wilt. They'll turn brown, and okay. sometimes in a, in a wind that that portion is weak enough that it'll actually drop, and they'll sort of dangle there. So it's called flagging. Okay, and uh, the uh, that will look ugly, uh, but in many cases uh, uh, it will uh, lead to more flower sets the next year because it's like a natural pruning oh great and so it looks ugly this year but next year there'll be a better uh, there should be a better flower set uh now if it's a small f- tree that you just planted four feet shorter mm-hmm. that's a concern uh so okay. if you haven't uh, if you're thinking about planting some new trees this year it'd be best if you could wait until uh, the latter half of june when the cicadas are dwindling in numbers so that uh, okay. uh, you don't put because they can uh, they can come out in numbers if there's a lot of them and there's competition for egg laying space. They'll they will oviposit in in a in a young tree like that. Okay, how come there are some places um, 
I don't know, like, is there anything that would make a cicada hang out in a certain tree or part of a yard than another one? You know, uh, they, it's usually other cicadas. Uh, oh, okay. When, when, they, when, when they start, they're starting to come out now all over the city. Uh, the big emergence, the massive emergence hasn't started. That'll probably start with the next 48 hours. Yeah. There's no, ah, there. Cool. And uh, because we're seeing more and more reports and it's going to hit the 80s tomorrow. Okay. And it's going to be, it's going to warm up today. There'll probably be more tonight yet. And so we're looking forward to this. You know, it's going to be a yeah, good, are you gonna, so excited? Oh, it's it's the it's the anticipation. You know, it's been like it's like, is it going to happen? Is it gonna, <laughs> it's yeah. like, well, are we going to have them? This heat this is in April. This heat is going to speed them up. This cold is going to slow them down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's is what happens, and so uh, we're ready for it. Do you think is because they're coming out a little bit later? Do you think they're going to be? Um, is that going to affect them? Like how they're going to be, like how their time with us above the ground? Uh, no, the, the the clock starts when they come out in their big numbers. That mm-hmm. marks six weeks. So we'll have six weeks from then. So that could start. Uh, uh, it's, it could in some places it's already started uh, where they've come out in those two or three pockets where they came up big numbers. But in most cases, it's going to start probably the next two three days, and then it'll be six weeks because it takes two full weeks for all the cicadas to come out. Okay, and that's because a, let's say you have a tree on a slight hill and it's facing south. The south side of that tree is going to get warmer on that part as well than on the north side. Mm-hmm. And I had a student uh, uh, do a project with me several years ago where we took the temperature all around several trees on south-facing slopes, north slopes, flat slopes, and all this kind of stuff. And it took two full weeks for all of them to come out because on the north side of that hill, they have trees that don't have that southern exposure. Yeah. And their, their soil is going to be a little, a little delayed. It's going to require more air temperature as opposed to just having the, the sunlight help uh, warm it up. And so it's a two full, about a two-week period where all the cicadas come out. You'll still find one or two emerging here and there, but that's when, by that time, we should we should have completed. Unless we had a, a, a drizzly day uh, back in 2008, we had uh, two days where it was misty and cloudy, and the cicadas came out 24, you know, came out over the 24 hours for those two days. Wow! And the duration of that uh, of the of the emergence. Of, of, of new cicadas and transforming was about, uh, about five days shorter. They all came out, but they did they, they came out during the day because it seemed like it might have been a good time and it was still not, not the temperature didn't get warm again, right? So they that, didn't, does that exactly. happen often? That's crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. That's, uh, well, we got to remember cicadas are insects of climate. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, uh, in, in 1940, for example, here in Cincinnati, they didn't start emerging until June the 5th, but it was really cold in May in 1940. Mm. And so uh, it, it all depends what's what's been happening. So, uh, uh, how, how long have cicadas, I mean, so you say cicadas, they're like a shellfish, so they've been around for a really long time. Like, well, we know that the, the family cicadidae goes back into the Mesozoic. Uh, in fact, I, a colleague of mine, uh, George Pernar at Oregon State, uh, he and I described the oldest fossil cicada, a 110-million-year-old nymph that crawled out of a tree in the, uh, in the mid-late mid, uh, Cretaceous, uh, and uh, it dropped to the ground, and some sap and was preserved in Burmese amber. Just like in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park yeah. And so I find a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, solace in knowing that the, 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 when the ancestor of the Tyrannosaurus were, wa- were walking around that part of the world at that time, there were cicadas screaming in the trees. Oh, that's so cool. So when they're screaming in the trees, that is their mating call. Yes. Right? That's their version of peacocking, huh? Mm, if that's you know, how you'll put it, yes. So how do you so how do cicadas so when they come up and they're um when they come out of the ground, what is their purpose? What are they Well the purpose of everything is just to reproduce. Okay. And then do they have any sort of after because then they're all gonna 
reproduce, and then is it the males that die? So how they, many die? They all, they all after the eggs are laid, they all, they all die. It's uh, all of them die. Yeah. Oh. It's uh, to, to fair, paraphrase a song. It's wham bam, thank you, ma'am, and now it's time to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what advice do you have for people who are um, scared of cicadas, who are scared of, they just don't like bugs at all, and there are some people who are, like, terrified, and mm-hmm. some people feel the same way about, like, spiders as they do cicadas, and they're like, I just can't even. I'm not on one of those people. I embrace the cicadas. I like them a lot. Um, well, what, what advice can you give people who are terrified? Well, they should face their fears. It's and the way you do it, <laughs> the way you do it, is to go to the uh, Google Play or not Google? Yeah, Google. Yeah, Google Play or the Apple App Store and download my free app. Oh, the Cicada Safari. Cicada Safari, which this morning will hit one hundred and thirty thousand downloads. Ooh, I have it downloaded on my phone. Excellent, excellent. And what you do is you once you get that downloaded, you go on your own Cicada Safari. Wow. And, okay. Uh, so what happens in this app? What you what the app is designed by the, our Center for IT Engagement at Mount mm-hmm. St. Joseph University and. Uh, uh, it's students actually helped me design this thing. Really? It's great. What I love about this app is that it's very simple and it's easy to navigate. That's that's, that, that's the key. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what we wanted to do was, well, crowdsourcing periodical skaters goes back to the 1840s. Oh. When a man by the name of Gideon B. Smith was writing articles for newspapers and sending them off saying, I expect the locust, what they call them at the time, to emerge mm-hmm. in your part of the country. I'd appreciate if your readers send me notice of this. And <sighs> and he, by the time he died in 1867, he had documented every known brood. Wow! Uh, not the full distribution, but that we had those broods here. So what's cool about this is so you can take a picture of a cicada, and then what happens? You submit it. Okay. It comes into our folder, and uh, I have uh, 20 colleagues who are helping us identify them, and they are, we're getting, I, I made the comment uh uh, an interview many about three months ago. We're hoping to be overwhelmed. Mm, I have a feeling we, you will be. We are exceeding. Awesome. Already, Sat- huh? Sunday, alone on Sunday, we received 20,000 photographs. Whoa! We were hoping to get 50,000. We've already Just in the exce- tri-state area? No, from all over the East. Where, remember, Brood 10 is coming out over, uh, now over seven state of 17 states have reported Brood 10 cicadas or cicadas coming out this year. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so uh, well, we've got, uh, and it was really neat. You could, if you look at the uh, at the map, yeah. the map shows. Uh, there you go. Uh, there's also a live map on the very bottom. If, as you can see, there's a little thing that says map at the down at the bottom menu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes you to where they are right now. And um, where? Okay. Down oh. at the very bottom of the screen. Not, not you have to scroll down. Oh yeah, yeah. It just says map. There we go. There's the interactive and it's map. A, it turns out we're we've got thousands in there, so it's gonna take a second to load that up. But this uh, is so cool. Oh but, my goodness! But you can you know zi- what to listeners, this app is similar to like the shark tracking apps that you can download, and you can see where the sharks are sw- swimming. It's like the same thing. So, for instance, in Cincinnati, currently there are one thousand four hundred sixty-eight photos that have been taken. So I can click on this. Well, you can actually go. You have to zoom in because it's going to break it down into even ah. smaller, smaller neighborhoods. And by the time you're through, you'll see exactly where the thing was, where that photograph came. Wow. If you touch that again, it'll show you the photograph. Wow. Okay. So you can go deep down into it. This is cool. Definitely, definitely, definitely worth. Um, it's it's free. It's free, and it's definitely worth downloading. Mm. You know, the last time the cicadas came out, there where we didn't have this kind of technology. Of course, yeah. That was uh, this has been great. I started here in '87. I had a hotline. Ah, the cicada hotline at Mount really? St. Joe in the morning after the cicadas came out. The the calls are so intense that tape got jammed and broke the broke the machine. No way. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so, I mean, I'm not surprised. So technology moves forward to 2004, and I'm getting emails. And <laughs> the, the, instead of breaking the, our internet, the uh, I had a, an email a minute. 
okay. for the working hours of the day. But that's still 600 emails that day. I mean, wow. Well, I mean, you have seven interviews today. But hold on, let me tell you. So when the last time the skaters were out, I was a, I was a freshman in college, mm-hmm. and I lived in Clifton. It's right up the hill here. Okay. And my roommate and I went everywhere together. And every time we would turn a corner to get to our car, there was always so many cicadas on this one tree. So we would um, so we would protect ourselves with our racquetball rackets. And we would just head off to our car and start swinging. And we would always cap- capture about like five each every single time. So I'm sorry that we yeah. killed so many. Yeah, we, I won't that's, do that that's again a, this year. That's okay. I, I forgive you. I can do that about St. Joe. Okay. <laughs> um no but it was like i mean it was it was overwhelming and just like all the jet cicadas on your car and everything so this is exciting so what advice can you give to people so download download the app download the app go on your own cicada safari better even better yet if you've got kids take them along yes and let the kids get into it they're not going to get injured everything's going to be fine you can and if if you go out to maybe not tonight but tomorrow night or the next night with cicadas, you're going to see them crawling out of the ground after dark. They're going to be crawling up a tree. Okay. You'll watch them transform into an adult, which is amazing. The the, the little brown nymph, uh, there'll be a split across his back, and then the white adult comes wriggling out of this thing. That it's happens? Like, we can we can see that yeah, happen? It happens. It takes about two and a half hours for all this to take. So it's, it's, you, can watch, you can watch it go in and get, uh, get your favorite libation and then come back out. It's, 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 it's that thing. This is so cool. I didn't and know that. It's gonna, and it's going to happen not once or twice, but for, every, for everyone that you see coming out of the ground, it's going to happen for each one of them. So <gasps> you can have your trees covered with these things. Oh my and, gosh! Uh, and uh, you can take photographs, of course, for Cicada Safari at that time. But uh, uh, get there, watch because you know you're out. It's after dark. You got a flashlight. Yeah. Limited peripheral vision. You're all focused on this thing. You're quiet because you you're not know what's going to happen, and it just unfolds. It's like having David Attenborough in your backyard with one <laughs> showing you this this thing. It takes an hour and a half for it to pull itself out of the shell and form what looks like a good-looking cicada, except it hasn't darkened it. It's all white. and uh, The, but the, the white wind... cicada is what I really want to see. Yeah. And then the uh, then they will, after about another hour and a half or so more, they'll turn into the dark black cicada that, with the red eyes. And well, the, uh, the red eyes, face. I think, are really what scares people. Their size, their pure size, they are clunky. They, are, they have a big brute size, and <laughs> I think it's the red eyes that freaks people out. Wings are big, too. Yeah. But uh, wow. now, if you were if you're inclined to want to eat them, you want to collect them when they're white. Okay. Because that's otherwise it's like eating the little part of the shrimp that you hold on to dip the shrimp. Yeah. The it's like that that parchment like mm. it's not you're not gonna, it's not gonna, it's just going to pass through you. So that's not a lot of fun. That's you also the ones have to, I've eaten you have to learn like how that. to separate the males from the females because you want to eat the females because they're well, full they're how, full of eggs. How do you, you don't want to eat the females because they're full of no, eggs? You want to do you if, oh. if you want to eat them. It, that's where you get most the of the flavor. Because the eggs are the larvae are good? Uh, well, they're like little there, there's more nutrition there. Ah, okay, that makes sense. So how can you tell the difference between a male and a female? You have to look at the naughty bits. Okay, and those are on like the... There's, the... Uh, there's a photograph on the on the app. As I... you scroll down, there's yep. a picture of the three, three of them there. Yeah. The one in the middle is female. Oh, yep, oh, yep. It's no, you're going you're gonna to see it right away. <laughs> yeah, and the other two on, on each, on the right, left. Oh, the, wow, that's, that's insane. And that's because we have three, the, the photographs, because we have three different species emerging simultaneously with three different calls. Is their insemination process similar to, I mean, that of uh, what we are, Homo sapiens? So uh, Yeah, they, they have a physical copulation. There's a picture of that in yeah. there, too. Uh, of the white guy getting on the other one? No, the of the... Uh, of the oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, butt to butt. Okay. Yep. And, and, sometimes, and, and so that takes several hours, and then... Um, the uh, uh, female will start laying her eggs. There's a picture of a female on there laying eggs as well. How long does that take? 
Oh, but we were talking about mating could last several hours. She'll probably lay her eggs in the next one to two days. Gotcha. And she'll continue to lay her eggs until she exhausts her supply of eggs of a little over 500. Wow. And then she dies. And then she dies. Then she dies. She might live a day or two, but then she'll uh, she'll uh, drop to the ground and they'll start collecting around your trees and then they get them a little wet, get a nice June, July heat going there and they'll stink to high heaven. Wow. And then they'll go back into the earth. It's all part of the circle of life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, this is great. But as of today, I'm very excited. I, this app, everybody, I'm nerding out on this app right now. <laughs> I can't, I'm very excited about this. As of today, so today is um, May 18th, 2021, and they should be emerging here in the next 48 hours. Yep. Yep. Wow. So, and, and uh, the neat thing about it is you take get your kids involved with the app to go out there because this is the kind of thing that can get kids excited about natural history and science. Yeah. And who knows, you may have a doc, a future doctor in the family. Yeah. For sure. That'd so, be good. That'd be a nice healthcare prize. That wouldn't it? Would, that would. <laughs> and, you know, to piggyback on that, um, the Children's Museum at the Museum Center is opening July 1st, everybody. So you can um, go, um, you know, take your kids to the Children's Museum there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Were you into bugs when you were a kid? Uh, yes. Uh, not as much as I was into dinosaurs and fossils, but mm-hmm. uh, I was into almost, you know, I, 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 my interest is like a natural history museum. I started with dinosaurs. I got into Egyptology really big. Uh, I used to live in Egypt. I was a Fulbright Scholar in Egypt. Wow, I've and, read uh, that. So Egyptology is a science. Egyptology, yes. Okay. It's part of archaeology, and uh, and there's a scientific method behind it and what have you. And I've gone back. To, I've taken student groups back to Egypt four times cool. since I've been here. Uh, I've written a book called uh, The Tears of Ray, Beekeeping of Ancient Egypt, Yeah. which published by Oxford University Press. Wow. And that's that's just a lot of fun. I'm ready. I'm itching to go back. I mean, I, I've got to go. I, I, I've got even there's there are a couple of tombs that I need to see. Really? But I've been to I've been to hundreds of them. But I was living there. I visited 94 archaeological sites and uh, just try to get as much data as I can. Crazy. Have you been on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me yet? I'm sorry. Have you been on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me yet? Uh, not yet. Okay. I'm like. That feels like that needs to happen for you. I don't know why you are not yet. My oh, that might. Uh, who knows? It's a. Uh, <laughs> if they want somebody on cicadas, we can do that. Uh, but uh, it, uh, but then I went from dinosaurs into uh, into. Uh, I remember as a kid collecting this giant stag beetle, which is a beetle about yay so big, and getting really amazed at that. All right, it's like three kind of inches thing. big. Yeah, that's huge. Continue. Yep. Stop. So it's a, uh, and that with that that. that, that that's where that I had a telescope, I had a microscope, I had a geology, I had a chemistry set. I was a nerd. That's how you know it's something different is when you are a child and you capture a three-inch long beetle that's that big and you're not grossed out by it or scared and mm-hmm. you're just interested and you get you put it under a microscope. Ooh, that would scare, oh, that yeah. would scare the, and, the lights out of me. And I was fortunate to have parents, uh, my mom in particular, for example, I remember when I got my a little toy dinosaur in Fruit's Courtship, I said, what is that? She said, that's a dinosaur. And I said, what is that? She said, Look it up. Is it a long and neck? So what was it? It was a t- it's a small T Rex. Huh. I still have this thing, ah. and so I went to my version of Google back in 1962, the World the Encyclopedia. <laughs> Open it up to Dion. <gasps> and I was that was it. Was, so uh, that cool. Started. Then it just then it was you know, astronomy. I, I I love astronomy. I love to take photo. I love to photograph comets. Even to the day this day, I do that. Uh, I I have a telescope that I've been that I got when I was ten. That was the first one, and uh, it just keeps going from it. it just, that's what I wanted to do, and just never, never thought anything else, anything different. Wow, we could talk about so much more. I'm like, ah, um, well, uh, thank you very much for the cicada talk. <laughs> Certainly, um, you are the cicada master. There is no one else. I think you're, you are the leading man in cicadas here nationwide. 
and we're very lucky to have you here in Cincinnati. Oh, so, well, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you very much for taking us this time. And um, all right, I'll stop the podcast there. But off the record, so how do you feel? So if you like looking at, how do you feel about um, SpaceX stuff and everything that's happening there in the future? I'd love to go up there. Putting our future. I'd, You're going to go to Mars? I'd, I'd, I don't know if I want to go to Mars. Uh, I don't know if I could sit that take that kind of con, con, uh, confinement for that long to get there. I'd go to the moon without a problem with anything like that. But how do you ever watch docu? Are you a documentary guy at all? Uh, yeah. I used to work for the Mountain Film Festival out of Telluride, Colorado. I don't know mm-hmm. if you're familiar with it, but we do. Um, it's a uh, environmental documentary film festival, and so obviously the science mm-hmm. is like a lot of right. things around science and I'm not a science gal you know but I just learned a lot about it just from being a part of it you know and I, how do you feel about with all of your just expertise in life about renewable energy and if you could pick one avenue to trust moving forward which one would you trust <laughs> well uh, when you say when you say trust it's it's clear that uh, which one do you have confidence in uh, uh, well, they all do the same. Whether you're talking about wind or solar, it's it's. Uh, Which one do you think would be the most beneficial? Probably solar. Really? Yeah. Like well, with, with sister, I don't know if you've been up the mountain really recently, but the Sisters of Charity built a massive solar panel system. No, I've actually and, never been on. And, oh, and not never, but it's been a long time. And and so they're you know we're, they're showing it's practical. They're actually selling electricity back, and the idea now it's difficult here because we don't you have to, you have to look at where what's the percentage of days that you're going to have clear weather on average mm-hmm. but as in, in the stabel as long as as long as uh, temperatures are continuing to rise that's going to be more and more and more yeah. uh it can shift back that these things can happen if we get if we uh, can uh, help things but uh, uh that could change where we'd have more rain that might be like it make it less profitable uh wind we're not like the plains i'm originally from north dakota Mm. And so wind farms out there are, are very profitable. Yeah. And uh, you know they, it costs a million bucks to put a, a wind uh, a, a wind uh, the wind in it, and uh, they they'll generate about a million a year in, in electricity, and they have about a ten year life. So if you have the if you can get the funding to get the first one up there mm-hmm. and know your maintenance costs, you can do pretty well over the long run with with just one. Yeah. One. Uh, yeah, but wind to me seems like there's. T- there's too much labor that goes into. They're too labor intensive well, and too expensive, and you, like you don't get as they, much return. They will drop it, but that's, that's here in the Midwest. I don't think it, it is. It's, 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 now, if you drive up from here to Chicago, you can see several wind farms in mm-hmm. north uh, northwest Indiana, for example, where things have been clear. But out yeah. in the Dakotas and Montana, uh, that uh, where you can have literally, I've seen wind farms of you know fifty, sixty windmills out there. Yeah, uh, that, that's 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 quite a thing uh, just to see. But again, that that environment's conducive for it. Yeah. And so they're so going. How do you feel about nuclear energy? Um, uh, I've, I've it never really bothered me as much as a lot of other people over time. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I am uh, uh, I am half Ukrainian, and uh, mm-hmm. Chernobyl that nearly showed what what you know we're humans. Yeah. And humans screw up. Yeah. <laughs> and so <laughs> the question is, it's okay if it screws up over there, but when it's in your backyard, you know, that's the concern. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I think you know the idea that uh, wouldn't it be great if we had a paint and your whole surface of your car could be like your solar collector that turns that into electricity to power your electric car. So while yes. it's parked outside in the summer, it's regenerating itself. I mean, there's there are things like that are going on that that, that we're just beginning to think about and talk about. Yeah. What that, about? Uh, well, do, well, can't we just can't we just put solar panels on our cars then? Oh, well, we can, but it'd be cheaper if it was, if we do it with paint. It's true. Well, how do you make? I mean, 
I know I know Apple was looking at this a few years ago to okay. be able to power your iPad your your Mac with just being outside on in, in the house with the lights on you, you it doesn't generate a lot in those conditions but it's not losing any I either. mean they have this the solar panel um like the portable solar panel um chargers and everything oh yeah in fact they don't work very well though. well it's a, but also you know in, in parts of Africa where they don't have electricity they work really well mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's enough True. to char- it's enough to charge your cell phone over during the day yeah it's enough to clean water too crazy so well, uh, it uh, yeah it's uh, uh it, it's what about you you ready to go to space will you go yes yeah what's your what's your energy kind of scene uh, well I would just say I think uh, I don't really know which one is best yet. I don't know if we do know. I'm open to all all of them. I'm not an expert in any and mm-hmm. any renewable energy. I think that we need to figure it out sooner than later. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I mean, even uh, because they're all tied, they're all tied to the same thing: uh, wind uh, and solar and waves. I was going to say water. About, we yeah. haven't talked about wave action. And, and so water. I was I was recently in Alaska and um, I met a man named Bernie Carl. He was using geothermal engineering, mm-hmm. and he is he's doing this project on Unalaska, which he invited me to stay for five days to document it. But I, I had to come back to work. But um, where he's like his pro- his goal is by the end of like this year to have uh, no twenty twenty three to have um like this entire island one hundred percent um off the grid with renewable energy, and he just he's doing it all just thermal, and now he's like runs. A bunch of stuff. I mean, he's do, he's doing it. Um, uh, he's successful thus far. Uh, he was he's been like the most recent project that I've seen that's been really really impressive. And by a man who was who was started in oil. So now instead of drilling for yeah. oil, he's just drilling for another energy source. And by all of the context clues, by everything, um, I think he's pretty pretty conservative too. So to see a um, conservative guy go into renewable energy even if he's only doing it to make money whatever i think it's renewable energy i mean that's so how it's going to come about if you can make money at it that's exactly. gonna that's how it's gonna happen exactly so uh, right yeah well, that's about it you know thank you so much for coming oh, in gene no i i could do these but i gotta I, I... I mean isn't that refreshing to hear someone get so excited about something that creeps so many people out bugs are beautiful and bugs are part of the world so thank you very much gene kritsky you can Again, you can find him at GeneKrinsky.com. Uh, that's K-R-I-T-S-K-Y, Dr. Gene, G-E-N-E, Krinsky. He's also a professor at Mount St. Joe. He is, he's amazing. You know, he's a great guy. We had so much fun here, and I would love to have him back because after this, we nerded out about climate change and environmental studies, and oh, he's just great. So we are bouncing back to um, Mental Health Awareness Month coming up in the next few episodes, and I hope you guys have a great day. Again, like, subscribe, do all that fancy stuff. And whatever it is you do today, make yourself proud, babes.